0: French Connection, the all-new Ragin' Cajun, 102.7 FM.
1: Good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Wednesday. Hope everybody's having a great day, great start to their day. We're going to hope to bring some joy to you all over the next 90 minutes. We've got a loaded show, three calling guests, our mailbag, betting picks, all that and more until 1 o'clock whenever we say sayonara and let you go on about your merry day. Let's thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. We've got a great team behind us. And we begin with the Blue Boot Rodeo. The 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Al Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. Also, Southland Dodge and Homa. How about industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs? Because power is our middle name. Do Friend building materials. Got you covered for all your roofing needs. What about Rouse's Markets? Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., seven days a week. At Rouse's markets, tastes like home. Buzz Off is the only all-natural mosquito control. Professionals providing guaranteed results. And last, but certainly not least, on our sponsorship team is Golden Motors, where price is priority. Proudly supporting South LaFouche athletics and community youth sports organizations. We've got a fun 90 minutes coming your way, and oh, about 10 minutes or so now we're gonna have Kyle Lassang. With E.D. White football on, the Cardinals are trying to build on a season where they made it to the Dome. I know it wasn't literally in the Dome, but that's the old expression that we use. They made it to the state championship game out in Lafayette in Division Two. They came up just a smidge short against University Lab, but the Cardinals gave it their absolute best that they could and played really, really well, and now they're trying to build on that. with a lot of actually don't, you know, usually the small community-type team like E.D. White, when they make a run to the championship, it's usually on the backs of like 20 seniors, and they're having to replace like 18 starters. That's not the case for Ed White. They actually had a fairly young core group, so they're going to be, I think, in position to have another wonderful season. We'll talk with Coach Lesang about that. At noon, we'll have Josh Smith of HL Bourgeois Baseball on the line to talk about the Braves and their summer and some of the things they're looking to do after making the postseason last year. How can the Braves build on that and continue to push things forward in 5A? And then at 12:15 we'll have Tony Clark, the athletic director with Thibodeau High School. Coach Clark is also the boys' basketball coach. They were young and experienced, took some lumps for what Thibodeau's used to last year. Coach Clark now heading into his summer season, and they're going to be trying to get those guys bigger, faster, stronger, get them ready to rock and roll. Then at the bottom of the show, 12:30, we've got our mailbag. I've got Seven questions loaded up. If you've got a question for me and you can get it in in the next hour, at Casey underscore just clear on Twitter, just clear KC at gmail.com. On the interwebs, uh, shoot me a text, uh, you know, message me on Facebook, do whatever you got to do. And if I could you know, see the message in time, I will be sure to try to add it to the list. Then at the bottom of the show, we'll get our betting picks and then we'll dive out of here on this Wednesday. It is hot. Y'all like, I don't mean to vent about the weather because that's things that really old people do. And I try to bring a little more energy than that. But I walk outside today, man, it is brutally hot. So what I'm getting at and the reason why I'm mentioning this is for our listeners who are maybe out in like Fouchon or Grand Isle or, you know, maybe doing some carpentry. Like I know there's a carpentry crew that listens to us every day. For you all that are on a roof or working outside at the port, Man, I salute the hell out of y'all, because, man, that's hard. That's hard work. That's hard work, And, and we're certainly thinking of you all and appreciate everything that you all do, because that's not easy labor, and we thank you all for the support and hope that you all stay hydrated and stay safe and all that good stuff. So we're thinking of all those folks out there who are doing the hard, hard work today on this wonderful but very hot Wednesday. So... Yesterday, not yesterday, last week, we kind of started breaking down some of the local high school football schedules, right? I gave you like Central Lafouche and like Thibodeau and a couple of the others in the area. So I'm going to continue to do that today. You know, high school football is right around the corner. We're June the 1st today, right? The first high school date is September the 2nd. <clears throat> so that means, okay, July 1st, August 1st, September 1st. We're three months away. We're roughly 90 days away from starting the high school football season, right? Which on the surface, you might say, oh man, that's so far away. 90 days, it's an eternity. Um, No, not, that's not how that works. Uh, 90 days is going to fly by. You know, We always say every summer, oh, it's the dog days of summer. To me, summer are some of the times in the calendar that fly by the quickest. Before you know it, we're going to be preparing for scrimmages. And then before you know it, we'll be preparing for jamborees. And then we'll be diving into week one. With all of the you know games that'll be played and you know all the madness that it's going to be, I think that it's going to be a good high school football season, and look forward to seeing how it all shakes out. But let's start right here. We got Vanderbilt Catholic schedule loaded up, and we'll give it here to our listeners here on play by play. Vanderbilt opens up with Ed White, and I, I so desperately hope, and I mean this sincerely, I so desperately hope that there's no like interruption, that there's no Issue, is Vanderbilt I hadn't been able to play D White in football the last couple of years. One of the best rivalries in our area, you know. The COVID forced the postponement of the start of the season in twenty twenty. Um, last year, Ida forced the postponement of the season locally in twenty twenty one, and that washed out those teams from playing one another two straight years. There was kind of the pipe dream at the end of the year with E.D. White and Vanderbilt both in the semifinals that they would maybe meet in the championship game. E.D. White got there. Vanderbilt ended up coming up a little bit short. But now they're set to play in week one. That game will be at Vanderbilt. And I think that's going to always, as it always is, be just a physical, hard-nosed, and I don't want to use the word violent, because it's high school athletics, and there's so much going on in the world right now that is actually violent, that I don't want to compare a sporting event to the word violent, but... Very physical. Lots of contact. Lots of, you know, blocking being done at the line of scrimmage. There are gonna be a lot of physicality in that game. It's gonna be a game that'll be won in the trenches. Two teams that play the old school way, so to speak, where you know, you're very good on both lines of scrimmage. Both teams really emphasize that. That'll be a great game in week one. Then Vanderbilt in week two begins a three week road trip that I think is going to be very important for their season. In week two, they take on Central Lafouche. On the road, on the surface, on paper, that's a game the Terriers should be heavily favored to win. Week three is going to be interesting, though. <laughs> Week three, they're going to make the trip to Bell Chase. That's a place that I have been. Bell Chase is always really sound. They're never like you know eleven and zero or ten and zero, rather in the season or like nine and one. They're never that type of team. They're always just a solid six and four. And I liken it to golf, right? Like they are par, right? If you don't play well, you're going to shoot over par and they're going to beat you. But if you have a really good team and you play well and you got great athletes and you shoot under par and you make a bunch of birdies, like you could beat Bell Chase. But they are like the gatekeeper in boxing. If you beat them most years, I don't know what they're going to have this coming year, but most years, if you beat them and especially over there you're on to something. If you go over there and lose and come up short, maybe it's going to just be like a first round and out type of season for you. They're kind of the gatekeeper. When you beat them, you're maybe a two or three round type team. When you lose to them, yeah, maybe it's not happening for you this year, but they're just solid. They're always that six and four, seven and three, make it to the second round of the playoffs type of team. That'll be a big test for Vanderbilt in week three. It doesn't get any easier. Week four, they're traveling to Lutcher. I mean <laughs> Welcome to the district, Lutcher. You guys are taking on Vanderbilt in week four. Week five, the Terriers are hosting St. Charles Catholic. That's gonna always be a showcase of talent. You know, St. Charles has the prominent, dominant program. Coach Monica's no longer the head coach there, but the prestige and the honor and you know, all the respect that St. Charles has earned over the years is still gonna be in play there. That's a team that's always contending for championships. They're so good, and, and coaches tell us this all the time. Chris Dugat tells us this every time we have him on. Thibodeau really puts a, points of emph- puts a point of emphasis on their special teams, and the reason why they do that is from the lessons of Coach Frank Monica because how often over the years have we seen a St. Charles team win a game like 14-6, and the play that sprung them from getting the win was a blocked punt or you know, a punt return that went 40 yards would set up good field position. St. Charles has been known as that team that they're so dominant in that third phase, special teams, that they steal points there virtually every week, and that allows them in close games against hard-fought competition to win some games that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have won. So in week five, the Terriers will be hosting St. Charles and a showcase of two teams that are both looking to make a a big push. Week six, the Terriers are traveling to Morgan City. Shouldn't be any drama there if things are like they have been. Morgan City is usually a little bit behind the eight ball. Hopefully they made some improvements, but that's one Vanderbilt will be favored to win. Week seven, the Terriers are hosting South Terrebonne. That'll be a kind of a reunion for Coach Aaron Babin with Coach Tommy Minton. Coach Babin called the plays and ran the offense for Vanderbilt in the last couple of seasons. Now he's at South Terrebonne putting in a new offense, installing a new system with a Gator team that has never run anything but the wing T before. Now they're going to be running the spread. I'm so fascinated to see how that goes out there in Berg, right? You know, you're replacing a coach. You're replacing a great quarterback, some of the receivers. But I think Coach Babin has that little pizzazz about him, right? He's got that that vibe about him. I think the kids are going to want to run this new offense. They're going to want to play under that system, and it should be fun to see in week seven as Vanderbilt hosts South Terrebonne. Week eight, the Terriers are traveling to take on Ellender. Ellender's going to be athletes. They're going to be in space, and they're going to be really good if they could block. You know, if they could block and tackle, they're going to be really good. I saw them against South LaFouche last year. For about two and a half, three quarters, they outplayed the Tarpons. The problem was they wore down in the fourth quarter. They didn't want to tackle anymore, and Coach B.J. Young just said, you know what, my offense is going to be very simple the rest of this game. We're snapping the ball to Patrick Justis. Giscler. Patrick Justis handing it to Brody Petrie, and Brody Petrie's running for seven, eight yards every single play. Tarpins did that the whole fourth quarter, controlled the game. If Ellender could build up those numbers at the line of scrimmage to avoid those types of things from happening, they've got the skill players, and they've got actually a pretty nice little quarterback out there and the works. They could be very competitive. Week nine will be a good one. Vanderbilt taking on Assumption. Assumption has a new coach out there, Coach Will Broussard. You know they're going to be talented. There's always athletes galore out there. They always play at such a high level. The Terriers will be hosting Assumption. That's become a little district rivalry that those games are always brutally close, coming down to the last play, sometimes even going to overtime type of thing. And then week 10, the Terriers close out at home against South Lafourche. So there's your Vanderbilt schedule. I think Vanderbilt will be one of the top teams in the area. We're going to continue to unveil these schedules one by one and break them down for you, and uh, you know, kind of let everybody know what to expect in the upcoming, fastly approaching high school football season. Let's catch a break when we get back out of this break. Speaking of high school football, we're going to Kyle Asang of E.D. White. His Cardinals had just an amazing run last year. Now they're trying to build on that and have even, even more success. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
5: set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three- and two-stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve.
1: I tell this story all the time here on Play by Play, which is that, you know, I have like a list of bumper music. It's like 10 or 12 songs or whatever, and it's all random. Like I just hit on the computer and, you know, just drag it over. I don't know what song's about to play, but it's funny because the song that plays almost always ends up matching the guests somehow. We play a wrestling song. John Cena's theme. We have our resident football coach, wrestling fan, Kyle Lasang on the line. Coach Lasang, good morning, my friend. How are you today? Good
6: morning, K. somehow I just don't believe that's random, man. I I, I got to believe there's something behind that.
1: (laughs) I don't know what it is. If you figure out what it is, you let me know, man. You you guys are heading into your summer um, getting bigger, faster, stronger, working on the agility and the speed and the strength and everything of the sort. How's that going so far, man? It's officially June 1st, and I know that you guys are excited about what's ahead. Yeah, we um, we
6: actually uh, took the week off. Uh, we, we finished school last week, and uh, teachers went in on a Friday, so I, I gave all the players off this week. So I headed out of town for a couple of days, and then uh, on Monday we, we get back full swing, and we don't stop until the end of football season. So, um, you know, this was our, our week to to kind of get things together, get ready for um, what the summer's going to be like. Uh, it's kind of a transition from from school, uh, just because. Got more time and uh, be able to install some things and do some things um, throughout the week. So basically, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, we have CORE come in and do our our workouts with the help of some coaches. And on Wednesdays and and Fridays, we do installations, uh, some classroom time, some one-figure time. Um, But, you know, honestly, a ton of kids have been putting in work. Uh, We didn't have spring ball, uh, but on their own, uh, they did some some sessions at, at CORE and some other places, and uh, um, some of our linemen uh, got together, probably like 25 of those guys, uh, going a couple times a week. Our skill guys going a couple times a week. But uh, very, very um, encouraging to see that that's the kind of work they're putting in uh, coming off
1: of last season. You know, we have Coach Rod on the Saturday shows all the time, and he always says, man, E.D. White's sending almost their whole offense and defensive line to his lineman camp coming up. Your linemen are staying busy, bro. You just mentioned that they're putting in a little extra work. They're going to be doing some camping. And you you and I know, know that's where the games are won and lost. Uh, you, you guys are trying to beef them up and get them stronger, huh?
6: We are. We, you know, um, I don't apologize for the brand of football that we play. Uh, and as long as they let us play that brand of football uh, – we're going to try to take advantage of that, and I think that's why we got close to 20 kids going to lineman camp. Um, and we got that that core group uh, that played for us last year, who're kind of leading things for us. Um, Matthew Broussard, Jacob Gouin, Ethan Reynolds, all returning starters for us. Um, you know, that's that's who we are, and that's uh, we have to be strong in that respect. So uh, it's encouraging to see those guys going to camp. Um, when I saw the numbers from Coach Rod, I said, I don't remember having that many linemen out of practice. So we, might, we might have gained a few.
7: Yeah,
1: very good. Look, man, you, you told us, you know, in, in heck, as far back as even February and March is that, you know, hey, man, this was going to be an offseason where your coaching staff was going to try to refine and polish some things up and get better. And you mentioned some camps and clinics and different things you all would attend. A lot of that water is now under the bridge. What are some of the things your coaching staff has gotten better at as you approach the summer set, the schedule?
6: I think the most important thing we do is how we practice. Um, offensively, um, which is kind of where I lean, I, I just thought we had to get better, more efficient with our practice time, uh, getting, getting more plays run, getting Getting things organized the way that we wanted them, so that we could be really, really efficient, and in doing so, uh, being able to develop our young kids. And I, I think one of, the, one of the focuses of the of the off offseason is how go, how are we going to incorporate our young kids? And uh, we take it very seriously. We take freshman ball, JV ball, just as serious as Friday nights. I think that's what they deserve that. Um, so we got to have a way to. Uh, take advantage of full time, uh, with all of our kids at all times. There's nothing more frustrating for me as a coach than glancing over to the sideline and seeing kids stand around. Um, it's like, you know, why, why am I really here if I don't really have anything to do, if I got time to stand on the sideline. So we try to get kids as involved as we possibly can. And so, um, we got some things that maybe you know, it, it, it took some buying into uh, for me when I saw it, but I saw it on the college level. As I, I, people that really are successful doing what we do offensively, and uh, I think it brings a different philosophy of how you practice and, and you practice a little smarter. Uh, we, we're never going to be out there for three hours, but we're going to be as efficient as possible. So that's really what this was about, and now it's just refining that. Putting it in in the summer so that when we start in July, um, kids know every drill. They know where they're supposed to be. Uh, they know exactly where on the field they're supposed to be. They know what equipment they're supposed to have. Those kinds of things have to be in place when we start uh, July 24th.
1: You know, the record is back to zero and zero again. And as much as you know, it would be easy to have you on every couple of weeks and talk about last year, now we've got to look forward. It's a whole new year. Are the kids kind of embracing that mindset of, hey, look, man, it was fun, it was great, and it was a great experience. But, like, we've got to start back at the first building block here and do this all over again.
6: I haven't heard uh, I haven't heard the World State Championship game. I, heard, I haven't heard you high. I haven't heard any of that in, in months. Good. I think we've moved on, man. I, I just you know, I tried to tell the kids right after it was over, when you stop it up against Vanderbilt, week one, they they don't care. They don't care that you're in the state championship. Nobody's going to give you any credit for that. It's not going to be something that people think about. Definitely not going to be intimidated by it. I think one of the things that we have to do is use the confidence that we did have from last year and develop what I call a predator mindset, which is you really can be that good every single year. Not because of some cockiness and some – it's some just dream that we have. It's just because this is the kind of effort, attitude, and attention to detail that we're going to have every, every single year. And hopefully that just becomes commonplace. It's not, it's, it, it becomes a mindset, and it becomes the, the, what we call a predator mindset simply because we, we don't want to be looking around us. We don't want to be focused on the things around us. We don't want to be focused on, all of the garbage that goes on outside of practice we really don't even want to be focused on the opponent we want to be focused on us um, and that's the difference between predator and prey um, prey is constantly looking around for for the predator to attack and the predator took care of us so we, we want to be that and um, there's only one way to do that and um, and that's to have complete attention to detail have great effort and attitude and from what I've seen, I think we're on the right road, really, it's just going to be something we're going to have to preach week after week. If we're ever going to reach that, that point in Division Two, where we can say uh, year after year, you know, we can challenge. Uh, we can challenge for a championship. And then if you do that consistently long enough, maybe you win one. Um, but if you, don't, if you do it any other way, if you rest on what happened last year, it'll never happen. And uh, we understand that. Um, there's nothing that that we can take from last year that anybody's going to give us any credit for uh, going into week one. So um, and that's what we're looking for our kids to do. That's what our coaches are going to do. We're rarely going to mention last year. Oh, man, it was a great run. Can't I can't say that I don't go back and think about it. But most of the time, I go back and think about it and say, how could we be just a little bit better so that one time we can raise the trophy.
1: So. Kind of an interesting question that I was thinking about as, you know, you you were mentioning that a second ago is, okay, you guys play the style of football that you play, you know, very run heavy and, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage and, you know, all that stuff. But you guys are facing teams that are running spread and, you know, four and five wide receivers and they're throwing the ball or, you know, whatever it may be. But, okay, so how does that present challenges in practice in that you guys are asking your scout team to run an offense that you all don't run how do you replicate that speed and what your opponents are doing? Obviously, you guys are doing it well. Your defense was fantastic last year, yeah. but how do you, what challenges does that present?
6: We uh, we try to do best on best the, the most that we can. Um, and listen, I I don't want to let any secrets out, but and I don't want to I don't want to say anything that I, I go back on. But I, I think we have the potential to really throw the football well. Um, we do. We we have some receivers. I think we can throw the football. I think we can protect the passer and so in practice we give our defense pretty good looks based on the kind of athletes that we have and we don't have those every year but i think we have some this year that that really could um could enhance our passing game so i think that's something we're going to do um but you know from a defensive standpoint that's why it's really important in the summer to go play seven on seven stuff i know it's frustrating for people that we play to to face the kind of offense that we run in seven 7 seven, we're 7 We're never going to change that, but defensively, we get to see 7 7 We get to see spread stuff. And then in practice, we do the best that we possibly can to put the best athletes out there, kids that can run a little bit, uh, to challenge our defense, to give them a good look. I think, and this is just me, I guess I'm biased, I, I think it's more of a dis- disadvantage disadvantage for the defenses we play uh, playing against our offense
1: than it is the other way around. Yeah, very good. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, um, Coach. You guys had your your fundraiser. I'm sorry I wasn't able to be there. I had to go yeah. to the state baseball tournament. Man, that looked like a great time. It looked like a great turnout too. Talk about how that went.
6: It was awesome, man. I, I got to thank Mike Michael Beetle for uh, you know putting it all together. He was super excited to get into Thibodeau. Um, Kevin Kevin Claymore was awesome with the whole event. Uh, giving us Coach Hay Park to, uh, to do the event and, uh, and then some guys who came out and, and wrestled for us. I, you know, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was, uh, a great turnout. Uh, probably close to 500 or so people. Um, and Mike gave us some money for, for something that we wanted in the program and, uh, went ahead and ordered it. And, We'll be filming practice with a, with a drone that came from the fundraiser. So I, I believe that, you know, it was well worth um, everything that we put into the event. Uh, our kids were really super excited. In fact, that morning we went and put the ring up. And uh, before I knew it, our kids were suplexing each other. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I had to put an end to it and send them home. But, man, it was just the greatest end. And, you know, Mike and I kind of go back a few years when we first I saw his number on a poster and said, man, I need to take our kids to this because I love this stuff and uh, whether they're going to love it or not uh, they're going to come, they're going to get on the bus and go to the event and uh, I think it's awesome to get back in Thibodeau it's been, hadn't been been in Thibodeau for a long, long time so uh, great event, just an awesome time for everybody
1: that is awesome, man. I hope that you guys can make that an annual thing if you choose to do so. You said a minute ago, yeah. man, you guys got a drone, man. Like, it's crazy. Okay, yeah. 10, 15 years ago, man, like you guys were still meeting up at <laughs> truck stops and exchanging film. Now there's drones, and who knows what yeah. it's going to be.
7: I'm telling you,
6: Casey. I, we went, uh, Coach Grant and I went to uh, Kansas, and uh, at a school called Friends University, it's an NAIA school, and the wind was blowing like 40 miles an hour all day long, and it was in fact, I, we missed a tornado by about 15 miles, and uh, and we were we were looking at the film. Their film was so crisp, and and we didn't know where it was coming from. And all of a sudden, in this 40 mile an hour wind, you see this drone hovering above the practice. And the, it's like it's just standing still right there in a 40 mile an hour wind. So, and I went and talked to those guys. I said, "We got to have one of those," and uh, and we. We found out the company, got it ordered, and uh, put it in last week. So, man, it's going to be a huge advantage, man. It shows you great angles from above, um, and it's a a great teaching tool. So, we're excited to
1: have it. Beautiful, man. Well, look, thank you so much for the time. Great interview, as always, and we'll chat again soon. Okay, buddy? All right, brother. Be good, man. Yep. That is Coach Kyle is saying with the EDY Cardinals doing an excellent job. They're going to have a great team, man. You know, They just – They just have that winning mindset. Like they expect to have success and not, no, it's more important than just expecting to have success. Let me correct myself there. Because I could wake up and roll out of bed every day and say, hey, I'm going to win the lottery today. Or, you know, hey, I'm going to, you know, make $1,000 today. But if I lay in my bed and I eat Jello all day long, I'm not going to make $1,000. They have the expectation of success, but they also have, the mindset and the the diligence about them and the willingness to put in that work and the willingness to do things the right way that is going to enable that success to happen i admire so much the way that their football program works man they they run a different style of offense but they run it so damn well and they are very physical they tackle at least last year they tackled unlike any defense that i'd seen in recent years Got great numbers, got a great support system. And I think one of the most important things, and Kyle kind of indirectly referenced this a couple times during the interview. If there's something out there that's kind of new, but it's kind of against the grain, there's not this stubbornness, just like push back and be, no, we're not doing that. There's instead an open-mindedness of, being willing to evolve a little bit. You know, if there's something that other people are doing that's a little different, Kyle and his staff are going to be willing to grow with that. You know, if you need to go and get a drone and it helps (laughs) you, they'll go and do that. There's just that open-mindedness of being willing to not always swim against the current, but every once in a while, even though you're having great success, swim with the current a little bit and just see where it takes you. They do that so well, and I admire that. That's bigger than football. That's a life lesson there is that you could always be willing to be better or you could always get better, but you have to be willing to listen and understand other ideas to get better, and they do that exceptionally well. It's play-by-play. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to HL Bourgeois, and
7: their baseball coach, Josh Smith, will be on the line. You're listening to play-by-play on KLAB. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Friend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Easy Buy. Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference.
5: Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear. Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space they use 100 organic ingredients safe to all humans and pets check us out on facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com need our cedar beaters now call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back buzz off mosquito control safe effective guaranteed
4: yep it's that time of year blue boot rodeo july 7 8 and night in grand isle louisiana this rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention this year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a cornhole tournament, followed by Shorts in December. Saturday, we have Bingo and Mimosas. DJ Frozen again. Rough and ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8 and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
8: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouses Shopping app, you pay the same price for groceries as in-store and you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rouses Shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time and your Rouses Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car it's just that easy rouse's markets feels like home you know weather
0: bug users when you see them the umbrellas before the storm the scarves before the blizzard the flip-flops before the heat wave the prepared few Well, not so few. Over 10 million people use the Weatherbug app for hyper-local weather reports and real-time updates that prepare you for whatever happens next. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug sees the unforeseen to protect you from the unpredictable. Download the Weatherbug app today for free.
1: Back to play by play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines and we have Josh Smith, the baseball coach at HL Bourgeois. Coach, good afternoon, my friend. How are you today?
9: Doing good. Thank you for
1: having me. Absolutely, buddy. Happy to have you. We are uh, in that fun time of the year for high school baseball. And what I mean by that is you guys are out of one season and are heading towards another. It was a playoff season for the Braves. Now you move into the summer where you're playing maybe a little swamp or, you know, playing some. With bad stuff or whatever it is that your plan is for the summer, I'm sure you're excited about uh, you know getting the kids acclimated and, and starting the foundation for another season.
9: Yeah, we're gonna be playing uh, Swampland. Um, we're gonna be young. We're gonna be young next year. We lose a lot of seniors, so this summer's gonna be a lot of teaching and a lot of development, getting uh getting these guys ready to go.
1: So tell us about that. You got some youth. Um, you guys were very good last season. Made the playoffs and. Had a lot of very gifted players. Is it talented youth? Is it youth that you know you could could turn into something? Tell us about some of those young guys you got coming back.
9: We have some young talent that just needs to be molded. Um, these guys, they're not they're going to get acclimated to the speed of the game at the high school with the varsity level. Uh, but we got some talent. Um, it's good to see that, especially around here. I know at HL we have our spurts, but it's nice to see we're kind of getting a little bit more consistent with that we do return uh, two of our big hitters um Brody Abair, who's going to be a junior and Gavin Bordick, who's going to be a uh, senior uh, both those guys return and we return 15 home runs and over 80 RBIs so they're going to be a big anchor for us next year
1: wow 15 home runs 80 RBI that's a lot now now talk about the okay the the challenge I guess is from you know at least outside looking in is going to be how do you get guys on base for those two boys so that they can you know be slugging and hitting doubles and driving in runs you know, talk about the approach of the the other hitters, some of those younger guys, and trying to find ways to get them on base.
9: It's going to be having the uh, same approach we had this past year, which was uh, attack the fastball. Um, I've learned that if you have success against the fastball in any level of baseball, you have success in the game, and uh, that's one thing that helped us out this past year, was we had success against the fastball. And when we hunt it early in the count, we get on base a lot, and uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, going to be on the offensive side is teaching these guys how to have that good approach.
1: Coach, tell me about you know, your upcoming schedule. Have you finalized that a little bit? And the reason why I asked this was, man, we see so often now these coaches in the area, they really tax themselves in non-district play, even midweek, you know, playing in between district games. You'll play you know, several non-district games and whatever it may be. Who are some of the teams you guys are looking to match up with to earn some of them points?
9: Uh, for next season, um, we got a. We're, we're going back to the Plaquemine tournament uh, as our week one. Uh, which last year we played some. Uh, we played some tough guys. Last year we had Ascension Catholic, Walker, and uh, U High. And uh, usually in that tournament, it seems like every year we get Ascension Catholic. So that's what I'm banking on for that tournament. At least having Ascension Catholic, which is a very good program. Um, but uh, we added Assumption this year, Berwick. Um, Slide L High, uh, a few teams that we believe will probably get 15 or more wins that uh, will help us in the PowerPoint section and maybe hoping to squeak one out against a good team, maybe like Burbank, who has a chance to win 20 again.
1: So tell me about the, the challenge that that is when when, when you're, you know, as 5A is brutal, man. It, 5A is so deep, you know, the, the number 28 team or the number 30 team or whatever is still a really, really good club. So talk about, you know, the the challenge of okay, you gotta be in the top thirty two. You've gotta survive your district. You gotta make sure you're getting enough points. Like there's a lot on your plate to try to, you know, position yourself for that seating because five A is so brutally good.
9: It is. Uh I think this year I think almost every team in five A playoffs had twenty or more wins except for one. And so it's it's tough. It is really tough. And so when you're scheduling, you know, you're doing a lot of math and everything like that, and you just you're trying to figure out basically what I've learned is try and get teams that are going to win 15 or more games. And with 5 there we don't get the extra points for playing up or anything like since we're the highest class. So we just look for guys that are going to get 15 or more, 15 to 20 wins or uh, more to try and help us out in power points. It's, it's it's a lot of math, which in baseball as a coach, you're already doing a lot of math with stats, and we don't want to do more. But, you know, you got to try and figure out how to get in there some sort of way.
1: You won 22 this past season and earned the 21 seed. How important was it? with it you know that those younger guys who are now going to be coming up and taking some of those starting positions how important was it to be able to you know hey be part of that playoff ride you know get on that bus and go to that playoff game and even if they didn't necessarily even play in the game just to experience that how important was that for your guys
9: it was very important we actually took uh we actually took a couple of extra guys that weren't on varsity last year but will be on varsity this year so they can kind of get the experience of the road trip the environment and things like that Cause it kind of get once you get there, kind of you want to have the you want to get back. You got that emotion. I want to get back there. I want to feel that again. And so uh, we took a couple extra guys and for the younger guys, and you can tell they're hungry. You know, they're they're hitting the weight room harder. They're hitting practice harder. They're, they're more focused and things like that. And I told our guys the other day, you know, success leaves clues of uh, what we did in the past, and you know, it's basically. The seniors we had, they put in the extra work. They just didn't work out here. They just didn't uh, do stuff for baseball at practice. You know, they did on their own, too. And that's what you got to do to have success.
1: So I always am curious by the answer to this question because I ask some coaches about Swampland, and they'll say, man, I'm just playing everybody. If we win, awesome. If we get run ruled, it doesn't matter. We don't care. We're just getting everybody reps. Then there are other guys who say, hey, you know, when you roll the ball out there, like we're going to try to win the game. We're trying to teach our team how to win close hard fought games. You know, if it's a one run game late, we'll steal that base, we'll get that bunt down because it's all live fire that we could use in the next varsity season. How is HL Bourgeois approaching the summer? Are you guys gonna be one way or the other or is it gonna just be kind of in between how you're gonna approach it?
9: I'd say we're kinda of more in between because we got some holes we gotta fill with with so many guys. But at the same time though, we want to develop that winning mindset and we want to win but we also got to develop the guys and be get better also at the same time so i feel like we're probably in the middle of that of those two things
1: yeah very good look man we had coach joe tuton yesterday and he was talking about how good his summer teams are going to be and all the talent that he has and everything of this sort if I'm not mistaken, you were once part of that hogs family man. Talk about what that's like to be part of that. That's a big old baseball family, and you know the guys stay together and Coach Joe helps out the know the younger coaches and talk about what it's like to be part of that fraternity
9: uh it's It's one of the best things that you could be involved in honestly um i there's guys I played with on hogs that I'm still friends with to this day that aren't from around here um you know, I play with Brock Bear, I play with Mike Barber, and I play with those guys. But then you also got guys from Berwick that you don't really associate with much. That you end up becoming friends with because they play with you on Hogs. So I mean, it's a great experience. And uh, I'm co- I coach with the Hogs on the weekends right now, and uh, I have a few players that are on some of the teams. And I tell them like, look, guys, it's a brotherhood. It really is. Uh, once you join a team, you know, you develop friends that you'll have for the
4: rest of your life.
1: Yeah, very, very good, and coach. Before we let you go, kind of the last question we got for you: What are some of your goals here in the next couple of weeks? June's always a big month for high school baseball programs. What are some things the Braves are looking to get accomplished here?
9: Uh, for us to get better each day, uh, because like I like I keep telling you, man, we're going to be young, but I don't want to keep saying we're young. I want to just develop these guys to where we can be more consistent over here at HL year and year out. You know, we want playoffs to be an expectation every year for us. So just getting better each day is going to be our biggest goal this summer.
1: Sounds like a winner. Look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, okay, bud? All right, thank you, Casey. Yep, that is Coach Josh Smith with HL Bourgeois. He's doing a good job, man. He's doing a good job. He's a good player, and, you know, whenever he became a head coach, it was like, man, he's really young. You know, how's that going to work? You know, there's a lot of maturity that goes into it, whatever it may be, but he's doing just fine out there. He has got that program headed in the right direction, and one of the things that he touched on I think is going to be important for them is – you know, building that expectation for success. They were 22-10 and 10 this past season, and we often see, you know, that team kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit that's maybe not historically a powerful program, and they have that good season. And then they give some of that success back the next year because they had so many seniors or whatever it may be. I don't think that's going to happen at H.L. Bourgeois. I think they're going to just keep building, and I think that they'll consistently be that 15-20 to 20 win team. There's a lot of talent in that area, man. And, yeah, they do have to share it because some of their talent goes to CCA. Some of their talent may go to E.D. White or to Vanderbilt or wherever it may be. They do have to share. But there's just so much baseball in that area that I think that they've got a large enough talent base to pull from that I think they'll be okay. It's play-by-play. Let's catch a break. When we get out of this break, I'm going to answer your questions. We've got our mailbag segment coming next. I know at the beginning of the show, I promised you Tony Clark at 1215. He had a little schedule conflict. He'll be coming on at 1230 instead. So we'll just flip those two segments around. I've got the mailbag next, Tony Clark after that. It's play-by-play here on KLEB.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
4: Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's fishing rodeo, we also have adult, kids, kayak, and we added the offshore division. Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo, coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
8: Back
1: to play-by-play play here on KLEB. We've got about another 40 minutes to spend. Tony Clark is coming in the next segment of the show. Around 1230-ish, we'll have him on, talk about some things going on over at Thibodeau High School. It's an exciting time out there. They were young athletically in the past year. Think about youth, it grows up. They think that they're going to be much better in a lot of their different sports. They missed the playoffs in, I think, all three of the major boys. sports. I don't think they made it in football. I know they didn't make it in basketball or baseball. I think that that youth is going to come around, and I think that they've got a shot to make the playoffs next year in all three of their major sports. So let's talk about our um, our mail bag here, which comes every Wednesday on the show. Uh, if you got a question for us ever in the future, it's at Casey underscore Jisclair on Twitter, JustclairCasey at Gmail or you know just find me on Messenger, whatever whatever you got to do to get a hold of me. We're at K L E B Radio on Twitter, um, at K L E B Radio on Facebook as well. First question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, will LSU get out of the regional this weekend? That's a good question. I'm about 50-50 on this. I'm going to say yeah, but I think it's a true 50-50. I think that it's, and I'll say this, it's it's strictly a two-team regional, right? It's LSU and it's Southern Miss. Kennesaw State doesn't have enough pitching. Go and just look at their season. They're, they're winning games 15-11 to 11 in their conference. So when they're facing real, actual competition, they're going to give up a bunch of runs. I think that while they may have the offense to pop somebody one game, they ain't winning this regional. And then Army, I mean, it is what it is. Army's going to be outclassed and overmatched. So it's a two-team regional, in my opinion. And I'll say LSU survives. I think that the Tigers are going to find a way to score enough runs. The thing about Southern Miss is that they've got – a whole lot of arms, right? They've got a whole lot of arms, and I think that they're going to uh, give LSU some problems if they match up. But I don't think that the I think the Tigers will be able to scratch across enough runs that they'll be able to get it done. And this LSU team just historically uh, plays better, right? They play better in postseason, so I think that they'll get it done and find a way to get the win. Question two: What are you hearing about Nichols football's chances in the fall? We haven't talked a lot about Nichols football, right? You know, my bad for that, biz, you know, I should be doing a better job of that. I think the Colonel's gonna be solid. Um, they're replacing some prominent players, right? Like you replace DeJoun Dixon, you replace, you know, Lindsey Scott and, and some of the other guys that they're having to replace. That's gonna be difficult, right? You know, they, they lost some linemen and, and everything of the sort. That's gonna to be tough to replace. They've got a whole lot back, too. <laughs> you got a whole stable of running backs they are going to be back. They're going to be able to run the football, which I think if you could do that, put you at an advantage. Gronje is not going to be like an all-American quarterback, but he's going to be proficient. Like he's going to maintain the game. He's going to, you know, get them in and out of the huddle properly. He's going to keep them ahead of the chains. He's going to do all those little things. And he's not going to be as boomer bust as Lindsey Scott was. I think the Colonels in the last couple years kind of fell into the trap of, okay, well, when Scott plays well and rushes for 150 yards and throws for 350 yards, we win. But when Scott doesn't play well, we lose. And he would at times turn over the ball and at times be very inaccurate and at times just be all in all very inconsistent. And I think that those... Types of things are what the Colonels want to eliminate. They don't want to be so much at the mercy of just strictly one player. So I think that that's where uh, Nichols has a chance to improve themselves. I think they'll be more steady defensively. I think that they'll be better um, in the spring schedule. Remember when the Colonels played that spring schedule? Their defense was real bad. In the fall, it got better. And I think that they'll continue to make leaps there and be even better again yet in the upcoming fall so I think the Nich- Nichols will be in contention for the postseason. I don't know if they'll get there, but I think they'll certainly be in the mix. And I, yeah, you know what? Let me go out on a limb here. Let me not just give a generic answer. I, I do think Nichols will make the playoffs again. I think that they'll get back there. Question three, who will win the NBA Finals and who are a few key players for the series? I have gone back and forth on this so many times. My head... Tells me Golden State's going to win the series because they've got the championship experience of, you know, Curry and Thompson and Green and all the Kerr, all the guys that have been there so many times and have won the championship so many times. My head tells me the Warriors are going to be in good position. But there are a lot of advanced statistics, a lot of analytics a lot of different numbers that a lot of basketball nerds look at that say Boston is actually going to be in a better position than people realize. So for that reason, I'm going to choose my heart and pick the Celtics. I think that the Celtics have some things that they do well that are going to really give the Warriors problems. They could chase shooters off of the three-point line because they're so long and versatile defensively. I think they're going to limit the Warriors' ability to shoot three-pointers. That hurts their offense drastically. The Celtics are bigger and longer and more versatile offensively than the Warriors are. They're going to be able to create mismatches on the other end of the floor Using pick and roll and trying to create switches and whatever it may be, trying to match up Jason Tatum with uh, you know Steph Curry guarding him, whatever it may be, because of that size, they could create some mouse in the house type situations and maybe cause some mismatches there. But until they've done it before, it's hard for me to go out on a limb and predict that. I'm going to say Boston just because you know that's what my heart wants and that's what some actually some of the advanced and pretty smart people and some of the NBA numbers say is going to happen but until you actually see it there's no confidence in that pick at all. So if you're using, you know, what I'm telling you for betting purposes, please don't. There's zero confidence in that pick. I'm just telling you something off the top of my head. Question 4. Casey, wrestling fan here. You're always so critical of AEW on the show. So fix it. Tell us how you can make it sustainable. It's a good question. Thank you so much for asking and I would I would love to. AEW was created and the excitement and the buzz about it was that it was going to not be wwe it was going to be the alternative to wwe that's what had everybody fired up about it originally now of course if you're a wwe alternative and no one's watching it then you're nothing right so they had to hire some name brand talent and some, you know, well known talent out of the shoot to get those eyeballs. Cody was that. Chris Jericho was that. Maybe a, a handful of others here and there. Where they have lost their way is that, a their roster is too big. They have like a hundred guys on their roster and they don't have enough TV time to fill that. So you see guys wrestle one day on on one week on the TV show and then you never see them again. Got to shorten that up, trim that up. And if it creates free agents that WWE may potentially sign, so be it. That's just part of the game. An NFL team is never going to be well served to sign a 200-person roster trying to keep players off of other teams because you can't play 200 players in an NFL game. So they've got to trim their roster. They've got a book with story in mind as opposed to book with, oh, bro, that's going to be an awesome match in mind. There's too many matches in AEW just for the sake of having a match. There are very few wrestling fans who care about the five-star match and all the suplexes and all the drama and the false finishes if there's no story attached to it. So they've got to be more sharp and more crisp and more precise in their storytelling if they ever want to have a chance to continue to grow. And then the You know, kind of the last thing that I would do, keep WWE's name out of your mouth. Tony Khan this past weekend was talking about, oh, you know, we're winning the Friday Night War. There's no Friday Night Wars. They're devouring you. You know, he's constantly tweeting this and that, WWE this, WWE that, you know, laughing and trolling at any shortcomings or misgivings that they have. It makes you look small, it makes you look minor league. Stop doing that. Just do what you do and artificially and naturally it's going to happen if you're going to ever overtake them. Those would be the three things you got to, but you got to start by shortening that roster and you got to start by telling better stories because those are the things that, that attract eyeballs in that sport. Question five, Casey, does LSU have any chance with Arch Manning? (laughs) About as good of a chance as I have of getting a date with a supermodel in the next couple of weeks, right? So in theory, yeah, I guess there's a small chance, right, because you never know what might happen, but I don't think it's a very good chance. I think the Tigers are set up with young quarterbacks, be it Walker Howard, be it Nussmeyer, be it whoever. I don't think they're going to get a sniff from Arch Manning. I just don't. And I hope I'm wrong. You know, there are reports out there, and some people say that, you know, Brian Kelly has made a big impression on the Manning family, and maybe, maybe there's something there. But if you read between the tea leaves, it looks like it's kind of Ole Miss. It looks like it's kind of Georgia. It looks like it's kind of Texas. And I don't think he's going to be an LSU Tiger in his future. I just don't see that happening. So we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. Last question we got. Casey, what is your favorite game or memory from the South Lafouche High School Basketball State Championship team? That's a wonderful question. Man, goodness, what a question. Um, I'll give you two. I'll give you a road game at Shaw where we left the bayou at like 10 a.m. to get there, show up on campus while they're still having school, and whenever they opened the gates to the gym, it was a blue wave of fans that ate up all the bleacher seating, and it was virtually a home game on the road at Shaw. That one was really fun. Tarpons in that game made a half-court shot at the buzzer before halftime to send the crowd into a frenzy. There was there were a lot of shenanigans. I'll send. I'll tell you that one. That was a, that was a fun one. I think that was actually the year after they won the championship, though the year they lost in the finals. So the another question, or another game that I'll give you, which has got to be like the state championship game itself, right? I mean, you're sitting there, they're playing Slidell. Coach Buzygard's getting the championship ball. He's throwing it into the stands. Everybody's going crazy. And I remember us going eat out in Lafayette after that game. And it was like you were on the bayou in Lafayette because everyone in the restaurant was one of you. That was, that, that's never going to be replicated again. There's never going to be that much buy-in and that much support for anything like that, I don't think, at least in this community, again. But those would be the two. That game at Shaw where just overtook their gym. And then the championship game, obviously, for all the reasons. You're realizing that you're the best in the state and, you know, the culmination and, Clarence Moore's crying, because you know it's it was a long season for him, and Coach Buzzyguard's going crazy. That that that's got to be the one for me.
8: I, I, I'm yeah. Jump in, of course. Absolutely. I, I want to add the game at Shaw was the the championship uh, year. They the shortest guy on the court. They had a, a rebound. The ball bounced up. Everybody jumped prematurely. But this kid from Shaw. Jumped up, one hand, and then came down with the dunk. Their crowd went nuts. (laughs) Yeah. But we had control of the game. Oh, yeah. And like you said, the the long shot for halftime. And then every game that I remember, the third quarter surge. Coming out on the the first tip of the third quarter. I, I think we jumped it in those days, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway... Regardless, that that three two or three minutes surge every third quarter, we'd we'd build that lead and nobody could catch us.
1: And and I say this forever, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and Coach Bozegard feels the same way, he agrees with me. That team set a record that's never going to get broken. They have the assist record of the top twenty-eight. That record will never get broken because the game has changed so much today. Now it's all isolation. You know, point guard at the top, everybody get out the way, we're going to dribble and we're going to go to the goal. That team shared the ball beautifully. They had something like 30 or 40 assists for the whole tournament. That record will never be broken.
8: Driving and dumping the passing ball back out and then backdooring, layups. Uh, it, it's, it's just unreal. Yeah. That was true teamwork at its
1: best. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to look to have some of those men who were on that team on throughout the summer to tell some of those stories. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Tony Clark at Thibodeau High School. The Tigers were young last year. They're trying to get those kids bigger, faster, stronger to head into the next year. Thanks so much for the great questions. Our mailbag segment was awesome, as always. We'll be right back here on Play by Play on KLEB.
0: The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
1: Welcome back to Play by Play. We had an awesome mailbag segment in the last segment of the show. We also want to thank our other calling guests for their time today. That would be Kyle Lesang of E.D. White and Josh Smith of HL Bourgeois. Heck, we've covered the full game, but we had a baseball coach. We had a football coach. Now let's have a basketball coach on. We have Tony Clark with Thibodeau High School. Coach, good afternoon, my friend. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you doing?
1: We're doing fine, man. Look, we were talking in the last segment about how you guys were young last year and, you know, kind of took some lumps because of that youth and maybe couldn't finish some games. But I know you guys are uh, excited to, you know, hit the summer and get bigger, faster, stronger to try to right some of those wrongs. Tell us about how the summer's going out there for you, man.
3: Yeah, it's going good so far. We uh, we work out in the afternoons. Uh, in fact, we go in at 2.30 for weights, and then we practice after. So, uh, so far, so good. You know, we picked up 10 more freshmen to go with the – a lot of the youngsters that we had already, and uh, it's been a good group. They've been working hard so far.
1: So tell us about this. Um, coaches, you guys are, are in that situation where, uh, you know, playing over the summer. Well, Actually, you know what? No, let me take that back because you guys are finished. School. I was about to ask how, how you're going to manage going to school while playing summer league, but you guys are not yeah. in that situation. But do you guys have any residuals? Like, are you back in your field house? Is everything back to normal fully there?
3: Yeah, for the most part, it's back to normal. Yeah, our weight room, we opened that up maybe three months ago, two, two, three months ago. Um, Plus, we have another weight room in the uh, main part of school. So, uh, yeah, everything is is functional. Um, You know, the kids have been in. The kids have been working. So, uh, you know, looking forward to a good summer.
1: Beautiful. Very good. How important is it for you all over this summer to get that winning experience? And what I mean by that is, you know, hey, a lot of coaches say, hey, man, over the summer, we don't care. You know, we'll just go and play everybody and get everybody some reps. But I feel like for a team like you all that lost some close ones last year, I think it's important over the summer at least to go and win a few close ones and kinda, of, you know, reverse that momentum. Do you think that's important for your team?
3: It's it's important, Casey, but I don't put a whole lot on summer basketball the games itself. I put a lot more on the practice part. Because, you know, we go into summer games, we basically just playing without a whole lot of game plan. Uh, you know, we working on our stuff that a lot of times may not even do in games. You know, last year we started playing some zone. I don't believe we playing a whole lot of zone in the summer. Uh, just so, you know, it's, it's good to have the game experience. But, you know, we don't do everything we would normally do in the game anyway. So, you know, it's important. But then again, I don't put that much on it, um, you know, summer games.
1: Yeah, very good. Totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, athletic department-wise, man, you guys have, have hired some new coaches, got a new softball coach in there. I know Shane's yep. excited. He got a new assistant baseball coach. Do you guys have any more openings that you're looking to fill, or are you
3: almost finished? We're just about finished. Really, the only openings we have is, uh, in our soccer program, we got an assistant on the boys' side and on the girls' side. But um, after that, um, I'm just thinking, of t- yeah, after that, we should be done. In fact, that's what I was doing Um uh, So I kind of had to push it back a little bit. I was meeting with a coach uh, a little while ago. Uh, But I'm excited. We got some young coaches in um, and some coaches with some experience. So, uh, you know, and it is good because right now, filling coaching positions is tough, you know. Um, And, you know, we'd like to get as many faculty coaches as we can, you know. And thank goodness we were able to get some and some we had to fill with the CSEP coaches. But uh, right now, we're, we're pretty filled except for the soccer positions.
1: That was the next question that I was going to ask, and you kind of just halfway answered it there for me. It's like, look, man, it is a grind. I, your your mm-hmm. brothers to the south, Central lafouche are having a whale of a time filling out their coaching position. Oh, yeah. South Lafourche yeah. is doing okay, but, man, it's a tough spot right now because, look, the, the pay in the parish isn't great, and for the boys' mm-hmm. sports, there's not a whole lot of males getting into education anymore, so there's not as yeah. many coaches to choose from. Like, it's a tough deal. Yeah, and I
2: would
3: say the pay is part of it, but, you know, there's a lot of school districts that pay more than we are that's having the trouble. So, you know, I think a lot of it, what you said a second ago, a lot of males not getting into it as far as the male coaches go. Um, and then after that, a case I really don't know what the, the thing is about that. You know, um, you know, I know a lot of people say they want to coach or talk about coaching. And you know, I know a lot of people that actually coach in the stands, but uh, <laughs> actually get them to, to come in there and, and take a position, you know, that's another thing.
1: Do you think that some of it, and you know, if if you don't think that this is a thing, you know, feel free to be honest. But you think some of it is just that people don't want the headache. But look, look, man, just across town, you got a guy who just won the damn state championship was getting assaulted by a parent. Like, yeah, there's a whole lot that could take you away from this profession.
3: No, I agree because Casey, you'd be surprised. You know, when we meet with young coaches, that's kind of one of the first questions. Sometimes I bring it up, but sometimes they even ask it. How do I handle? parent or you know just disrespectful situations you know and that comes up to me a lot sooner than it should now I mean when I first started that was like you know down the line that wasn't one of the early questions but uh I mean just the the, you know some of the videos I've been seeing of what's been going on at some summer basketball tournaments man it's 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 hard and you know that's that's hard on young coaches especially when you're just starting out and and you know one of the first things you got to deal with is an irate person I mean you know, I can see why some people are not getting into it like they used to. I mean, it's kind of the same for officials. I know they got the official shortage. And I think that has a lot to do with it, some of the treatment that uh, officials get during games. You know, so it's, it's tough.
1: I think, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, I think that we have mm-hmm. become way too competitive at younger ages. Like we're ranking second and third graders now. And that's creating a false sense of security and hope in these parents. And I think that all of that spills over is that. By the time they get to you all, there's just such a sense of entitlement and such a sense of, you know, not what reality actually is. Do you think that we're just doing a little bit too much young at young ages?
3: I've always – I've been saying that for a while. I thought we have. And another thing I think we deal with, too, sometimes when the kids get to us is burnout. You know, they get some kids, by the time they're a junior, you could just see they don't have that same fire that they had um, when they initially got there. And a lot of it is just because they've been doing it for so long. I mean, you start playing ball at 6, 7, you know, by the time you're 17. I mean, that's 10 years of ball. You know, I, I think I had a pretty good athletic career, but I really didn't start playing. You know, I played the Dixie, but, I mean, when it really got competitive to me was basically when I got to junior high. You know, that's, you know, you're 12, 13 years old by then. So, uh, you know, that, yeah, that's a big difference from, uh, from the way it used to be.
1: Coach, are there any specific facets of the game that you guys are looking to improve on over the summer? I know at times last year you said, hey, man, look, we got out-rebounded, we got to fix that. But yeah. then you'd, you'd also say, but well, we're just short, so maybe we're going to always get out-rebounded. <laughs> yeah. Like, are there any specific, you know, facets you know, I, that you guys are polishing up?
3: Right now it's fundamental. You know, we've uh, today will be day five for us. And um, it's, it's been a whole lot of fundamentals. I mean, down to the basics. I mean, I'm talking the, the basic triple threat, the, the pivot, the... You know the box out. That, that's what I'm focusing on. Now I will say this: as far as that size go, you know we picked up some freshmen who got some pretty good size. Nice. You know, So thank thank goodness for that. Um, so in a couple of years, I think we you know we, we can keep these guys around. We should be, you know, we should be pretty big again. know um, I think we got uh, maybe four freshmen that's pushing six feet already, which is a good thing. You know, so
1: yeah, that is. But yeah,
3: great it's, it's fundamentals. Fundamentals for us.
1: Very, very good. And in terms of your schedule, uh, are, I know you guys like to really challenge yourself. You, are you going to be doing that again in the upcoming year?
3: Yeah, our schedule is just about field. I still got maybe one or two openings that I may feel I may not. We had 30 games. I never go to 34. So, you know, I used to keep it between 30, 32. But, uh, yeah, the typical schedule, uh, we got Bonneville coming in this year, which is, you know, that's always a tough one. Um uh, off the top of my head, we go to, we have our tournament, EA's tournament, um, Plaquemine tournament and St. James. We're going the same. We went to Zachary the previous year. Trying to drive through Baton Rouge, just, I thought it wasn't fair to my kids, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, it took us so long to get to Zachary. So, uh, we're not going quite that far. We, we, we moved a little closer.
1: Okay. And in terms of, you know, the summer leagues that you're playing in, are you guys out at ED wide? Are you doing the Ellender under yeah, thing? I'm you doing sure. anything like that?
3: We, I don't usually do summer leagues. I'd rather use that time for practice. But uh, as of now, we are going to Edie White next weekend. Uh, I was planning to go to Tulane, if I can get my information into them. That's, uh, what, two weeks from now. So right now, that's about it. We, we do pick up games throughout the summer at certain times, and that's kind of the way we do it. And I always bring in my old kids. We always have a day or two where I bring in some of my ex-players, and we play against the, the team. I love to do that. That's one of my favorite things to do in the summer, actually.
10: Yeah,
1: yeah, very good. That's kind of neat, man. I didn't know you guys did that. That's really cool. Um, yeah. How important is it, and I know it's two completely different sports, but I hear coaches tell me all the time, like, hey, man, like football kind of sets the tone and builds momentum for everything across the whole athletic department. Are Do you are, do you sit back on those Friday nights and say, man, we need these guys to have a good year to kind of just kind of set the tone?
3: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And I think more, as you know, for being an athletic director, we want everything. I mean, I'm – yeah volleyball i think they set the tone for the for the girls side the swim team i mean to me it's all of the fall sports you know i just like to for all of our fall sports to get off to a good start and i think that sets the tone for the year not only athletics but even you know in the school you know i think the morale in the school is is even better when your uh, athletic programs are doing better
1: you guys are not wearing masks you're not having the social distance you're back in your you know your field house like it must be you know, feel kind of weird, the fact that you guys are not in any kind of emergency situation right now.
3: Well, yeah, I hope it goes on, you know, (laughs) looking at the news with our hurricane season starting up, you know, you get a little nervous already, just thinking about, uh, hopefully we have a a, a calm year this year, but yeah, right now we all back to normal and everything's rolling.
1: We sure hope that you're right. Coach, thank you so much for (laughs) the time. We'll chat again soon. Okay, buddy.
3: Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Yep. That is Tony Clark with Thibodeau High doing a great job. They're going to have a strong team, man. They, Picked up some freshmen, as he said. They lost some close ones last year. They were in a lot of games. And then here's the elephant in the room. Tony does a great job, so he's going to have his guys in position to have success. It's play-by-play. When we get back out of this final commercial break, I'll give you some betting picks for you all to enjoy here on Kaylee B. We'll be right back after this.
2: Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. Being a gopher, I like to dig. That's what us
4: gophers were born to do, along with eating plants, taunting groundskeepers, and listening to bluegrass music. And I especially enjoy digging around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and I get a headache. Ouch! After all, they're hard to miss since they can be buried anywhere. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. Makes me shaking my paws just thinking about it. You can avoid all of this by calling 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. Calling 811 will help protect your property, and more importantly, you. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com 811.
1: Popeyes is a new look, but will have the same great-tasting, famous Louisiana chicken. Immediate job openings are available, and job training is immediately available. Apply online at workstream.com slash popeyes, or stop by the Popeyes LaRose location at 13952 West Main for on-site interviews.
7: Listen here for updates on opening date, which is coming soon. That's Popeye's Louisiana Chicken. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
4: Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July seven, eight, and night in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a cornhole tournament, followed by shorts in December. Saturday, we have bingo and mimosas, DJ Frozen again. Rough and ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana.
10: Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry generac Cola, Briggs and Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano.
1: Good show today. We have had a really good show, a really productive show. I thank you all for the mailbag questions. I thank Tony Clark. I thank who else did we have? Josh Smith. I think Kyle is saying we thank them all so much for their time today throughout the course of the show. Betting picks for today. My first one, I like the Astros to cover the run line today against the Oakland A's for the simple reason that Oakland A can't score. <laughs> they have really struggled mightily offensively this year. B, Justin Verlander's throwing for Houston. And C, all Houston may have to do is score two runs because that Verlander has been that good. The A's offense has been that bad. So give me Houston. Houston covering the run line and taking care of business today in the uh California game against Oakland. So I think the the Astros will take care of business there. Give me the Diamondbacks and the run line today against the Braves. Diamondbacks have won the first two games of that series. They may arguably be arguably be better than Atlanta this year. Have a better record. They're throwing Madison Bumgarner today in Arizona. Um the run line is plus one and a half, minus 130. So, like, you're getting almost even money for Arizona today. And all they've got to do is lose by, you know, less than two runs or so. With Bumgarner on the mound, Kyle Wright is pitching for Atlanta. And Kyle Wright has been amazing. He has been lights out good. <clears throat> but Atlanta just finds ways to lose games. Like, they they can't be trusted. They had a big lead yesterday, blew it. Like, no matter what. And this is a byproduct of, look, let's be honest. here. Yeah, I'm a Braves fan, right? Brian Snickers okay like he's a good guy and everything. He never was the greatest tactician in terms of Xs and Os managing. And they're just finding ways to lose games. They're finding ways to lose games right now and that look they did the same thing last year, right? The problem was last year the whole division sucked. <laughs> this year the Mets are 34 and 17 or something like that. They're going to run away with the East. The Braves are going to end up having to be sellers at the deadline at the rate that they're going right now. Give me the Diamondbacks and the run line today. How about over 10 runs today in game two between the Marlins and the Rockies? That is a doubleheader, right? Let me see. Yeah, game two between the Marlins and the Rockies, over 10 runs. (laughs) It's in Colorado. Tim Rogers is throwing for Miami. He's not very good. Uh, Herman Marquez is throwing for Colorado. He's not very good. I see runs. These are not very good offenses, not prolific offenses. But Ten at cores with two subpar pitchers. I don't think that's too much to ask. So those are the three that we've got today. Now let's take a look at some headlines here, and then we'll kind of get out of here. There's some really interesting stuff going on in the world of golf, and we'll maybe have to have Coach James Schilling on sometime in the near future to kind of recap and break some of this stuff down. Liv Golf. I think it. I'm I'm gonna say Liv. It might be Live. I don't know how they're doing their acronym which is the alternative uh, golf tour that was started by the Greg Norman Group, which is going to be you know, involved with the Saudis, and there's tons and tons of money behind it. They're having their first tournament coming up in the coming weeks, and there are 42 players who have been named to the inaugural LIV golf field including Dustin Johnson, that's a big fish, Martin Keimer, Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwarzschel, Graham McDowell, Louis Oosthuizen, and others. The PGA Tour has announced today that, hey, look, if you play in this thing, you're not playing on the PGA Tour anymore. I think that's kind of a hard line to draw in the sand. But... It's interesting to see now that that line has been drawn in the sand, what happens? Does John, Does Dustin Johnson go forward with it and just like lose his rights to play on the PGA Tour? That would be a very big step for a guy who's a great player, a dominant player, a guy who has won championships on the PGA Tour. Does he have the cojones to go forward with that? Does the PGA Tour have the cojones on the flip side to that to stick to that? I don't know, interesting times in golf, man. I'm curious to see, very curious to see how this one all shakes itself out. The Washington Nationals in another sports headline announced today that they are not trading Juan Soto. Why would they? Why would they? Juan Soto is 23 years old and he's one of the best players in baseball. Why would they trade him away because they're having one bad season? (laughs) Baseball teams have this weird thing of And I get it. I truly do understand the idea behind what they're doing. Oh, we stink. Let's trade every good player that we have for somebody who's going to maybe be good five years from now. Build for the future. That's cool if the guy that you're trading away is like 34, 35, and is a veteran and is not in your long-term plans. But Juan Soto's 23 years old. He's going to be a relevant figure for the next 15 years, man. You can't just trade a guy like that away, and if you do, you better get like literally an entire team's whole form system for him. That would just be, I don't know, that would be crazy to think that they would trade away a 23-year-old superstar in his prime. The Nationals say so far they're pushing back. Look, the Nationals are awful. They're not going anywhere in the NL East. They are well below 500, and they're firmly rebuilding. But Juan Soto's a guy you can rebuild around. I mean, he's 23 years old. Reiterate that. EA Sports announced today that John Madden will be on the cover of the video game which shares his likeness, Madden NFL 23. It'll be the first time Madden is on the cover since Madden 2000. It sucks that John Madden is no longer with us, man. Such a treasure. Such a guy that has just been so inspirational to so many people. Indirectly, indirectly. Indirectly. Directly through his coaching and his broadcasting and his commentary and everything of that sort. And then indirectly through the video game, man. Like, there are a lot of people in their teens and early 20s and everything that don't even know that John Madden was an NFL broadcaster, but they know the name because of that damn game. I have spent thousands, thousands with the teeth, thousands of hours of my life playing Madden video games. Since the, the first one I could remember buying was Madden 92 on Super Nintendo. I was six or seven years old, got it as a Christmas gift. I have been buying them ever since. That is now, you know, figure 92 to 2022, 30 years worth of consumption. Played them with my brother as a kid. Played them with my cousins as a kid. Play them now alone as an adult. Those games have brought memories to so many people, and I, it's great to see that John's going to get to grace the cover on his own game the first game that's released after his passing. I want to thank our sponsors one more time. The Blue Boot Rodeo, the 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo, will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Al Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. Also, industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. New Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Also, Southland Dodge and Homa. Rouse's Markets get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., Seven days a week at Rouse's, markets taste like home. How about Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations? Also, what about BuzzOff, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results? I can't log on to Facebook in a given day without seeing a very satisfied customer saying, hey, man, thanks to Travis and the folks at BuzzOff. They've gotten all the mosquitoes out of our yard you're living in Louisiana in the summer and you don't have to worry about mosquitoes, that's a luxury, man. Give Buzz off a call. Give them a shout. They'll take good care of you today. We're going to wrap up right here. Tomorrow's our Thursday show. We'll have some coaches on the line. We'll be talking some high school. We'll break down another schedule for you all. You've been listening to Play by Play. Casey Jiskler signing off. Have a wonderful rest of the day. May God bless you and your family. Stay dry. Stay hydrated. All that good stuff. Have a great rest of the day, everybody.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.